BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We'd all love to hit skip on our problems now and again, but using wheat to deal with stress as a teen won't make your issues go away. That's because THC messes with parts of the brain responsible for fear and anxiety, making it even harder to manage them on your own. So even the smaller things can start to feel difficult to handle. Learn better ways to deal with stress at mindovermarijuana.com. That's mindovermarijuana.com. Sponsored by the California Department of Public Health. Hi, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. It's a few minutes after 11 o'clock in the morning here on the East Coast of the United States. Tony Schaefer joins us now. Uh, Tony, uh, always Judge, a pleasure. Thank welcome you. back uh, to the show. Yeah, th- um, welcome back to the United States. And where's my oh, Swiss thank chocolate? you. Uh, th- my thank Swiss you. Uh, I had a great time in Switzerland. My Lectures, if I may say so, were well received. And I have to tell you, there were a lot of Judging Freedom fans there. Excellent. Switzerland and from that part of Germany was deeply, deeply moving the folks that came because they wanted to touch the flesh. I'm looking forward to my Swiss chocolate, just saying. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, Two days ago, uh, some Russian drones exploded in a high-end residential neighborhood in moscow right i've seen some pictures of that okay gary will run a a picture Uh, here we go this is taken from one residential neighborhood looking across the way to the other Uh, i can't tell how powerful that is but that's a lot of uh exhaust from a drone what do you think that was Uh, look that that was uh, quite the payload Uh, i I would suspect that's at least 500 pounds maybe a thousand pounds of high explosive Uh, that red tint, I don't know what it means. I'm not an EOD guy, but there's a red tint to the explosion. So it probably would tell an expert what kind of explosive it was. And yeah, it was, it was meant to do, you know, I'd be moving out of that neighborhood if that happened in my neighborhood, just saying. So, but so where's, okay. The red tint is what we saw in the initial part of the explosion. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure I'm I'm not an EOD guy, but I'm sure the EOD guys just from the the, the color of the explosive can tell you what kind of explosive that was. So I I look forward to to kind of hearing from them what that was. So I've watched about four or five times. I didn't know the significance of that tint. Thank you for educating. Well, it's like uh, anything that has on the spectrum. You can tell a lot on the, uh, the, the electromagnetic spectrum of what it is. That's how they analyze what's around other stars, Judge. I mean, they, they okay. Let's, um, Let's unpack this. Yeah. Um, is this likely to have been fired by the Ukrainians from Ukraine, bearing in mind Moscow is 620 miles as the crow flies from Ukraine? So I understand from sources I believe to be credible that the Ukrainians took and modified old Russian systems they had. Some of those things were 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 related to aircraft that they modified to make them into drones. Some of these things go back to the old Soviet Union. I'm not f- completely familiar. I'm not a I'm not a munitions expert. I'm not 
I'm not, I'm not that guy, but I can tell you from sources which have been studying this, that apparently they took some of the old stocks of weapons that they had during the time they were part of the Soviet Union and have been trying to modify those into essentially uh, drones, which can carry pretty big payloads. This may be one of them. And remember, if you're using old Soviet technology, they're not going to be all that accurate because I don't think they've been able to successfully marry satellite technology to the weapons because that's what makes our weapons so devastating is that the satellite control taking them into the target. So to me, that lacks that that is clear indication. They may have been able to modify these things, Judge, but they don't have the, the guidance system necessary or, or, or capable of actually guiding into to a, a precise target. Do your sources indicate to you whether uh, President Putin's residence was the target? No, I, th that's not something that I've been able to uh, obtain. I'll be talking to some folks later today. If we talk later this week or early next, I, shall ha I should have some of that by then, but not, not at this point. What, what does an explosion of this magnitude, you said it could have been 500 to 1,000 pounds, yeah. tell you about Russian air defenses? Well, in any look, a kid in a Cessna flew into the Kremlin back in the 80s, Judge. I mean, if you're flying low enough, uh, you can pretty much evade most radar systems and, and be undetected. So I, I don't think that's any great feat. Any uh, Remember, the S-300, S-400 are really designed to be uh, to defend against more of the 21st century modern technology. Uh, some of these low-tech threats, if these things are flying fairly low and slow, with a fairly good uh, ability to avoid ob observation, you could, you know, you can fly a long way without detection. So I, I'm not, I, I think it's indicative of the fact that certain technologies are hard to defeat. A, a drone flying uh, low uh, with a high payload is very difficult to defeat unless you have aircraft kind of looking down constantly uh, over the horizon. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't, believe this is any this is good or bad it just it, it right, is let, let me um switch gears a little bit to your intel background would american intel have been aware of these drone strikes before they were launched uh, again we have if we have people on the inside being able to report it becomes the, the coventry dilemma remember during world war ii uh, we had Ultra, the uh, British and the United States had Ultra, and they, one night uh, there was indicators <clears throat> from this intercept that the city of Coventry, which I've been to, by the way, a beautiful city in England, was going to be bombed. And Churchill had to make a decision, do I tell the people of Coventry that a bombing is coming and make it obvious we knew they were coming, or do I not say anything? So in this case, I don't know if we have that intel or that level. Uh, for, for something like this, you would not be given up uh, you would not be telling anybody about the fact you had this level of intel. So I don't know at this point. Okay, I think but, it's, but politically, it would make a difference, would it not, if the U.S. signed off on well, this? Well, of course. Or, or if President yes. Zelensky and his people are wild cards who think they can send bombs to Putin's neighborhood. Well, let me answer it this way. I, I don't think the Ukrainians are doing anything extraterritorial outside their, their borders without checking with the United States first. I think they're they're going to run it by the United States every time before they do it. So the answer is, I think if 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 it was the Ukrainians, it, the United States definitely were at least informed of the intention of, of, of Zelensky and his government. It, do, do you know if we would have been in a position to say, "What are you crazy? Do you want to start World War Three? Aim at his troops, not his house." 
No, I think it would have been like, well, why, why did you take us, take you so long to get to this point based on the current leadership? Again, if you're going to, to Burns at CIA, you're going to Newland and, uh, and um, Blinken at state, there's not going to be any hesitation. And as, as you know, as much as I, you know, look, I worked for General Austin when he was uh, in Afghanistan. I respect the man, but he's not going to push back. So I, I would say that there's nobody in, in adult leadership and Jake Sullivan's not going to say a darn thing either. So now there's nobody there who's going to put any restraints into the system. I, I don't. Okay. Let, let's um, the, to support your theory, take a listen uh, to uh, Victoria Newland. This is last Friday. So this is yeah. uh, five days ago. And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv, both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long-term future. Start with uh, the f- first part. And I don't know to whom she's saying that. It, it sounds like she's speaking to Ukrainian officials, That's what it sounds like. does it surprise you that the American State Department, she's number three in the State Department, yeah. has, quote, been working with you on the spring offensive for four to five months? Four to five months ago was January. Right. Well, first off, let's put it in the, the proper framework. This is supposed to be a, a spring offensive, which I don't think is going to get off the ground till midsummer. I mean, just look at the level of competence here. Uh, Judge, these people couldn't uh, figure out a way to win a war if they had the entire uh, D-Day invasion fleet behind them. Uh, That's how incompetent they are. And this is another more incompetence by display. This is what you get when woke goes to war. As a matter of fact, I'm working on an editorial where I outline how completely insane how they're doing this is. Not only at whom are you aiming this uh, criticism, the the DOD? The Department of State, Victoria, the Biden Moon, administration, or the Ukraine, or the, the Ukrainian Biden administration, military. the Biden administration. Okay. Uh, the, the, when woke goes to war, this is what you see. You see politicians like Newland being the ones who, who who are trying to push and determine battlefield decisions. Think about that. I, I don't know Newland's complete background, but I, I'm pretty sure she's not had any uniform service, understands any concepts of logistics, of strategy, of tactics, of any of that. Yet she's the one who's been, quote unquote, helping. Uh, I'd rather have a, a private who at least went through basic training helping me. Uh, but this is all political. The fact that she's saying this is political. This is not a war to help the Ukrainian people defeat the Russians. This is a political narrative uh, driven by uh, huge funding that's being done by the Biden administration with complete disregard to what they're going to, to to damage regarding the Ukrainian people and the Ukraine and the Ukrainian country. Tony, I think your analysis is right on the mark. Right on the mark. Gary, play play Victoria Newland again just to raise Colonel Schaefer's blood pressure. And even as you plan for the counteroffensive, which we have been working on with you for some four or five months, we are already beginning our discussions. Uh, with the Ukrainian government and with friends in Kyiv, both in the civilian side and on the military side, about Ukraine's long-term future. What is she talking about, uh, conversations about Ukrainians' long-term future? Is there is there puppet President Zelensky not enough of a puppet for them? They want to replace him? 
Just as they replaced his predecessors? Well, I want to find out who their friends are because I want to go party with them. I mean, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously. Who, who speaks like this? Oh, we're going to talk to our friends. Really? Are you going to take them out to dinner, too? Are you going to take them to Pizza Hut for a pizza almost, or what? It almost sounds as though the United States States Department is going to recalibrate, yes, reformulate, exactly. restructure the Ukrainian government when the war is over. Judge, she was part of the color revolution back in, and it started kind of rolling in 13, rolled into 14. She's basically, she's in, 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 basically stating, in other words, that this Ukraine is now a wholly owned subsidiary of the United States. And we're going to tell you, Ukraine, our friends, what you should be doing and not doing relating to your future. That's what that's what this is to, to, says to me, is that, yeah, we'll just tell you how to do that. And by the way, this is a neocon thing. Neocons do this. As a matter of fact, I was on with, uh, on our, what was it, on uh, Al Hura TV one time with one of the guys from Brookings, who basically, uh, Michael, I can't remember his last name, Michael basically said, uh, oh yeah, we'll just pick the leadership of Afghanistan. And it's like, what? This what how this all these people think. So I'm just telling you that yes, if 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 Zelensky ain't getting the job done, they'll pick someone who can. They're friends. Here's the uh, prince of the neocons himself, Senator Lindsey Graham, with President Zelensky over the weekend. Uh, nice to meet you. How about you, sir? Yeah, we had we had we had some meeting. Thank you very much. Thanks, United States people of of the United States for all big support. Thank you so much. Free or die. Free or die. Now you are free. Yes. And we will be. And the Russians are dying. It's the best money we've ever spent. <laughs> Thank you so much. The Russians are dying. It's the best money we ever spent. Irresponsible or flattering or what? Well, three things. First off, uh, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, our money. And I don't remember uh, voting uh, for my money to be spent on Ukraine defense. So that's first off. Secondly, uh, the bellicose language is not in our interest to have that said, Judge. I mean, the whole idea here is that we're having um, such blatant aggression against the Russians. It's not our interest to be taken on the Russians at this point. It's not. It's just simply not. It's, it, and, and frankly, we're not in a position to actually do anything militarily anyway. So for Graham to say that, it, it, again, it just re reminds me of how completely dangerous the neocons are. And I, I've never been a neocon. I've always been critical of, of multiple administrations who put them in positions of authority because uh, if you're a neocon, everything looks like a war and they want to use any military force they can to achieve political objectives. And I think that's what, what Graham is saying here. So you have two really reckless and irresponsible statements made on the international stage yeah. by well-known government officials. Uh, mm -hmm. The Deputy Secretary of State for Political uh, Affairs saying, we, we've been working with you for four to five months on the spring offensive. We're still with you. Uh, we're preparing for a government, whatever, uh, after the war is over. Yeah. And Senator uh, Lindsey Graham, a general in the Air Force Reserve, but on the legal He's side. He's a lawyer, General. No right. I, I, I can't imagine he, he carried a weapon or, or flew an F-16, but whatever. Uh, a person who's familiar with uh, the military, nevertheless, saying the best money we ever spent was to kill Russians. Are these statements normal? 
they're not normal in any circle I run run in. I mean, look, I've I've been in the rooms with leaders, uh, as you know, for uh, most of my career, advising and assisting, and and actually being in charge of military units. And uh, I've never seen the like of this sort of language. Uh, I mean, as you know, I still meet with uh, uh, senior folks from previous administrations, uh, and. Um, they, they, people who have decorum would never have said those things, Judge, Not un, without understanding there's going to be consequences for saying those things. Uh, Senator slash General Graham called for President Putin's assassination a few months ago. Do you remember that? I do, and I think, again, it's inappropriate. I mean, the whole, um, the whole concept of regime change is inappropriate. Uh, if we haven't learned our lesson already, Judge, from... Uh, from uh, Libya, uh, from Syria, you don't want to create ungoverned space. And the moment you assassinate Putin, you make uh, Russia potentially ungovernable and all sorts of problems, especially with a country with nuclear weapons. You don't want to do that. It's, it's just stupid. And yet they're willing to use Ukraine as a battering ram because they still think they can drive Putin out of office or, or by some miracle liberate uh, Crimea. I don't know if we have that other quote. They're not uh, going to liberate Gary, but they're but not going to get anywhere near Crimea. That's, yeah. I mean, there's one Crimea. where she she calls for the Ukrainians to invade Crimea with American support. I mean, that is uh, irresponsible to the point of being reckless, given who she is. I mean, she can have whatever opinion she wants, but she's number three in the State Department with a with a budget and some sort of a secret army she can manipulate. As I said, Judge woke goes to war. This is what you. This is what happens when woke goes to war. This is the ultimate. This is the the woke. This is foreign policy woke stuff. So All right. Let me show you a far more responsible spokesperson on foreign policy, uh, Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban. It's a little long, but it's worth listening to. It's articulate and it's instructive in my sure. view. You, you made a great deal about 19, oh, I'm a 1956 yeah, yeah, yeah. and fighting for freedom. You have a neighbor who is invaded by Russia, the very country. You know, you grew up with pictures of tanks going into Budapest. You know, why are you opposing no, the European aid? No, no, it's, it's emotionally. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's tragic. So, so we, all of our heart is with the Ukrainians. We understand how much they suffer. But I'm speaking here as a politician who should save lives. So the most important thing for the international political community is to save lives, especially when you are convinced, as I do, that there is no chance to win this war. So therefore, what we should do far more energy invest into to convince everybody that the only solution is ceasefire. And then after the ceasefire, peace talks should start. And then we could back to your point, yeah? To, you, to but, the, you, but do you really think there is no chance of Ukraine winning? That's and my surely point. the main, surely the, they stand very little chance of winning without the aid which you are currently blocking. No, no, my, my, my position is that uh, looking at the reality, looking at the figures, looking at the surroundings, looking at the fact that NATO is not ready to send troops, it's obvious that there is no victory for uh, poor Ukrainians on the battlefield. Yeah. Tell me he doesn't have a fabulous handle on this, Tony. 
It's, it's the same thing we've been saying as experts for the past six months. The numbers aren't there. And unless there's outside direct support in NATO, it's over. It's done. It's just a numbers game. I keep telling people, it's like my job is to call balls and strikes. And this, the, 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 we're in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, the Russians have over, you know, their bench is full. The Ukraine's bench is empty. The, the, the Ukraines have two two strikes uh, on the on the guy up with two outs. The Russians are going. There's just no way. And again, as Orban said, this is the most articulate I've seen of any European leader speak about the reality which they're facing. There's and just, he's just, he's a he's a member of NATO, and he is saying, a member of NATO. He has influence where, in NATO. Yeah, and this is a, where, by the way, where, I think NATO where, feels. Where the, where's the rest of NATO? I think NATO what, feels what he's like really this. saying is, I think if Joe Biden is right, why isn't NATO sending troops to the field? So, uh, look, I think more of NATO feels like this than they're willing to say. I think he's representing probably two thirds of NATO. Plus, remember this, Judge. Uh, I know this wasn't on the 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 uh, the, uh, the list of things to talk about today, but you know, uh, uh, we just saw that the the. the uh, Elections in Turkey, basically Erdogan got reelected. Erdogan's not pro-Western interference in Ukraine. He's actually more on Putin's side at this point, and that's the direction of their foreign policy. So you've got uh, Orban, you've got uh, Turkey, now both, you know, you, you, uh, Hungary and, and Turkey both saying, we ain't, we ain't game for what's going on in Ukraine. It's time to negotiate a ceasefire. So that's, that's the reality. It's just the Biden administration... And Victoria Newland in some alternate. I, th I think we lost you, Tony. You still there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. The last thing I heard you say was uh, Victoria, the Biden administration, and the Victor and Victoria Newland are living in some. Oh, I'm sorry. I sorry no, Victoria. Just let me say that again. So, it's, as far as I'm concerned, Judge. Victoria Newland and the Biden administration are living in some alternate universe that has no relation to the, the feelings of those who are leading NATO at this point. To the point where if Viktor Orban, and I'm, I'm predicting, yeah. got Vladimir Putin and Vladimir Zelensky to agree to talk, uh, Sullivan, Newland, Lincoln, Austin, and ultimately Biden would block it. Of course. This is going to be at this point a reverse of the old script. Uh, NATO and Europe, the Europe EU are going to have to act on their own without the United States because the United States decided we're going to basically force Ukraine to be the battering ram that gets us into a larger war with Russia, no, no matter what it takes. And that's the policy, as far as I can tell, at this point. It's not healthy. It's not conducive to actually helping uh, Ukraine win. They're not going to win. And I think Orban has the the, the right tone and temper relating to what needs to be done next. Tony Schaefer, always a pleasure, my dear friend. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, sir. Always great to join you. Of course. More as we get it. Judge Napolitano for Judging Freedom.